0: Good morning. It's Monday, July 12th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today on the episode, we have an interview with Robbie Falk, who covers Mississippi State for 24-7 sports. Interesting team out there in Starkville. Robbie's back in football mode after nearly two weeks in Omaha, covering the Bulldogs, the Diamond Dogs, winning Mississippi State's first national title in any of the major sports in program history. Obviously, you know, the the football team is not going to do that this year, but They've been close in the past. Don't forget, they were the first ever number one ranked team in the playoff rankings in 2014. Mike Leach, proven successful head coach. It's year two for him. Things are going better with him in that roster after all of that midseason attrition. The Bulldogs went four and seven in 2020. Three and seven after that 10-point shocking win at defending national champion LSU. Some key Bulldogs to watch. Will Rogers, quarterback interesting battle with him in Southern Miss transfer Jack Abraham. He got a really good receiver Jaden Wally. He was the record holder set the Mississippi uh, State single season record I should say for receiving yardage by a freshman And, and then you've got left tackle Charles Cross a former five star recruit in the top two four seven rankings redshirt sophomore now could go pro be a first-round pick with a big season and and some interesting defensive players as well, including cornerback Jalen Green. Actually might be playing safety for the Bulldogs he transferred in from Texas, former five-star recruit in the top 247 rankings as well. So the transfer portal, it works both ways. And If you're confused a little bit, you might be looking at your uh, College Football Daily feed and you'll see that we have another episode today, Brandon Marcello dropping a preview, running down the projected order of finish in the ACC for the 2021 season. We're gonna be doing that all week, dueling episodes on the College Football Daily. So if you see something I'm doing, that you're just not too drawn to, make sure you to instead check out Brandon. Um, he'll be doing the SEC on Tuesday and then so on and so forth. And you know, maybe you you want to download all of those and listen to him this weekend on, an, on a nice long jog or drive. You can do that too. And, and I want to give a shout out to a super fan, super listener, Emilio239 on Apple Podcasts. He was asking for the conference projected orders of finish. He said, where are they? You did them last season with Brandon Marcella. Where are they? So we got we got them all this week, Emilio. 19 minutes on the ACC, to be exact. All right. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Robbie Fox joining us right now. Enjoy. We'll talk to you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Bringing in Robbie Fox right now. We were just talking before we hit record. Spent almost two weeks in Omaha, back in Starkville or Mississippi. Robbie, is this still a football school? is this a baseball school yet? What's, uh, I mean, does does Mike Leach's program kind of have to take back campus this fall?
1: Getting close. They about, they about have half, half of a a regular SEC football crowd in Omaha, which is amazing. When you think about it, I think over 20,000 Bulldog fans were at TD Ameritrade for that, that final game. And, you know, this fan base has just been starving for a national championship in baseball for so long. Football still takes precedent here, just like every school in the SEC. But it sure feels like Mississippi State is a baseball school most of the time. And if, if they were going to win a national championship, the first one needed to come in baseball, it just felt like. But I can promise you whenever that first Saturday hits – uh, and they're and they're taking on Louisiana Tech at Davis Wade Stadium. It's going to feel a lot different inside that building than it had at any point. People are still starved as well for for college football and getting a full crowd in at Davis Wade Stadium. And I think that place is going to be rocking for game one.
0: So four and seven last year in Mike Leach's first year. Three and seven after that upset of LSU, the, sh- the shocking upset and. Uh, the, the Bulldogs took college football by storm and, you know, KJ Costello looked like the next big thing. Got a QB battle to talk about, obviously here, um, Costello is gone, but, but Robbie real quick, like what, what's the, what's the temperature with Mike Leach? I know he can sometimes rub people the wrong way. I know, I know there's some, some portal departures and of course, portal additions like every college football program had. I know at the end of last year, Mike Leach was kind of my way or the highway Do the players or have they bought in yet? Or are we still getting to know each other?
1: I think everybody's kind of buying in at this point. I feel, feel like everybody's on board. They've been working really hard in the off season, had a pretty good spring as well, came away pretty healthy, didn't have a whole lot of departures. It feels like he's got his crew. Right now, he's got he's got the the group that he wants to roll with, and the fan base. From what I can tell, the you know I'm gauging that they're pretty bought in as well. They're optimistic about what he's going to do in his program, and I think people just believe he has that track record of year two or three where things really start turning in his favor. We saw all those transfers in the middle of the season, which was unlike anything I've ever experienced in, in a single season when all these guys start. Hitting the portal in the middle of the season, you start losing players that some of them were starters, some of them were on the two deep, and you talk to people that have been around Mike Leach and that have covered his teams, and that you know fans that have watched his teams over the years, and nobody was really surprised. The ones that have followed Mike Leach's career, that that was going to happen. It's his way or the highway. And by the time he got that small core in place last year, it just seemed like the team was playing so much better down the stretch whether they had 45 to 50 players or not it just seemed like that that group was playing so much better and i thought by the time they went to georgia by the time they went to old miss into the season against missouri in the bowl game that team was playing its best football and the hope is from this fan base is that you carry that over to this season and you have a full arsenal of players Uh, on the field as well. So I I think people are really optimistic about what Mike Leach is bringing to the table. Some of them cautiously optimistic, and others just, they feel like this is heading in the right direction where they want it to go. Uh,
0: You mentioned the bowl game, uh, beat Tulsa, a good Tulsa team, little housekeeping here. I remember after that, uh, the brawl, there was talk of you know suspensions and punishments. Is, is do we know anything in regards to Mississippi State for that uh, with the Louisiana Tech opener on September fourth? Do you have you heard anything? Are we thinking fully fully equipped?
1: Nobody has said anything as far as suspensions yet, and a lot of time that that comes on the day of the game. In my experience, we never really we've only been with Mike Leach one year, but. I don't think we're going to get anything from him on, on things like that. Injuries, suspensions, things like that. He keeps that pretty close to the best, even closer than Dan Mullen did. But, you know, I think possibly that there could be a couple of folks that are suspended for that game, but they also could have handled things internally. I mean, they've had several months to work this out. So um, I'm not sure what's going to come of that, but I think there's a possibility you could see a, a guy or two suspended for that game. I don't think you're going to see anybody kicked off the team or anything like that. I haven't heard of any any inklings of that happening, but I do think that you've probably seen some punishments either on the practice field or you're going to see them in the first game of the season.
0: It's a brutal start to the season. Louisiana Tech, NC State, and well, you know, you get Louisiana Tech, okay, and then NC State at Memphis, LSU at A&M by an Alabama. Robbie, who do you think starting at quarterback when you get to, I don't know, week five, At Texas A&M, you're going to College Station trying to win a huge game. Who's under center?
1: I still think it's going to be Will Rogers' job to lose. He's a guy that had to come in in the middle of last season when KJ Costello was really struggling, and Mike Leach was very reluctant to throw him into that situation. If you follow Leach in the past, he's, he's not a guy that likes to throw freshmen in those situations. He's very protective of his quarterbacks. I think we talked to Will Rogers twice last year in media and he's a kid that handles the media very well, but it's just something that Mike Leach wanted to handle very carefully with him. He didn't have much of a choice, but to throw him into the fire last year. And I thought he handled things really well for a true freshman coming in that situation. And a lot of that is just, it was a perfect storm for Will Rogers and Mike Leach. He is a prototypical air raid guy grew up in the air raid. His dad, was his offensive coordinator was also Gardner Minshew's offensive coordinator in high school at Brandon High School, and he is a you know air raid junkie. So I, I thought that he was well prepared for that moment. Sixty nine percent passing last year, almost two thousand yards, eleven touchdowns, seven interceptions for a true freshman. I thought he handled the situation well, and now that he has over half of a year under his belt and playing it against nothing but SEC teams. I think you can really see him take that next step this year. He's got that continuity with his wide receivers and offensive linemen, and he knows this offense frontwards and backwards. So I would be shocked if anybody else other than Will Rogers starting in game one against La Tech. Now beyond that is, is, you know, remains to be seen. If he really struggles, you have some options there, especially with Jack Abraham who's been playing college football now for five years and has that experience and, and Division One college football. And I, I just don't believe that Jack Abraham would transfer to Mississippi State for his final year of eligibility without feeling like he had a good shot to compete for this job. So I think that's going to be a hotly contested battle in, in the summer months and in the fall. And the the best player, I feel like, is going to, to win that job. And now you've in, inserted four-star quarterback Sawyer Robertson, who played at a school that was patterned, after Mike Leach Texas Tech mm-hmm. at Coronado and Lubbock, so he you, you have some guys here that that have really bought into what Mike Leach is doing, and they know this offense. And Sawyer Robertson is probably the most talented of them all. It's going to be really interesting to see how that all pans out.
0: So while you were talking, I was checking up on some timeline stuff. Will Rogers, correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, the pandemic's like zapped my brain's ability to understand time. But it looked like he um, signed with State in December of twenty nineteen and then Mike Leach was hired in January of twenty twenty. So I would imagine like Mike Leach gets to gets a job and is just absolutely thrilled that he's got a quarterback in his room with a connection to Gardner Minshew.
1: Absolutely and same thing for Will Rogers. I mean he went from having to run a RPO style offense under Joe Moorhead to coming right into an offense that fits his skill set perfectly. This is exactly the perfect fit for Will Rogers to come into an offense that he already knows pretty well after working with his dad. And for Mike Leach, you've got a guy that's a true freshman. Most true freshmen might not have been able to handle this workload that he was being given, but Rogers already knew what to expect. So it was just a perfect fit. And, you know, talking to, I was, I talked to, to Will's dad during that process where they're searching for a head coach. He was, he was keeping in touch with me because I grew up with with uh, his dad. He was my coach whenever I was in elementary school. He was the coach wow. in my high school. So, you know, we were talking a lot, and whenever I heard him, I was hearing Mike Leach was uh, up for the job. I mean, he was just thrilled. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy that studied the air raid for years and has studied Mike Leach and coached, Coach Gardner Minshew. It couldn't have been a, per- a more perfect fit for both parties.
0: How big was it for state to hold on to Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator? I know he at least interviewed with LSU. I saw some some intel that 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 was you know maybe not the best and, and smoothest interview. But I'm looking at the depth chart. Got some good players coming back. Got some good transfers coming in. And, and Zach Arnett has a has a, is really well regarded in the coaching industry.
1: Yeah, it, it was huge, and he—he's a guy that's probably not for everybody. He's not a perfect fit for everyone, but he's what a perfect he's fit.
0: Little, is he little rough around the edges? What like a little.
1: Yeah, I dry? mean, he's just a. Yeah, he's you know he's 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 very he's his own self. He's his own self. He's not he's not a guy that's going to be stepped on. He's not going to conform to what a, a head coach wants him to be. He wants to run his defense and run it his way. And I feel like that's what makes him a great fit with Mike Leach because Mike Leach just wants to worry about the offense. He doesn't want to worry about that side of the ball. He wants that to be taken care of. And if you think about it, Mike Leach has not had – a standout defense for most of his career. I mean, it's, it's been mostly him trying to outscore the other team 49 to 47 over the years. So getting a guy that can that can shut down some teams or at least limit some teams offensively is huge. And I think he got that guy in Zach Arnett, has a defense that's top 50 in most categories, which most people said, Coming in with Mike Leach, you just need the defense to be decent. If you can have a decent defense, you feel like Mike Leach is going to be able to score some points. And they got better than defense from Zach – better than decent from Zach Arnett last year. I thought they had a top half of the league defense with with Arnett last year. And that was with a crew that had some players that opted out. They had some players that were injured. I thought he did a masterful job. And – at some point you're going to lose him. He's going to go become a head coach or he's going to go to a Blue Blood and be a defensive coordinator. To be able to hold on to him for at least one more year to have that continuity, I thought was huge. And now you're bringing back some players. You've added some players too. I think this defense has a chance to be really good this year. And he's a perfect fit, you know, just like Will Rogers is for this offense. I feel like th- this guy's a perfect fit for the culture at Mississippi State, which has been known for blue collar mentality and have a defensive mindset, hard nosed mindset, uh, a crew that works really hard. I feel like he's a perfect fit for what Mississippi State wants to do, and has a little bit of that Jolie Dunn background. He coached for the Bulldogs when they had the number one defense in the country in the late nineties. He has that three three five base defense that Jolie ran, and uh, is a you know a little bit of a Jolie protege. He had you know he he has that he has that background. So I, f- I just feel like it's great to have him back for at least one more year and see what you can do this season.
0: Well, I mean, you say that like Leach isn't regarded for good defense and like, I, I get that's true. He's like the air raid. He's the mm-hmm. he's the pirate. I was, I was looking though. I, I have my Phil Steel in front of me and I'm a massive Phil Steel guy, Robbie. I went to, I actually got really lucky. I flipped right to Washington state and the, in the years where they were good, like 11 and two, like in, in 2018 and, and nine and four in 2017, like, the defensive metrics weren't awesome. Like they had, they had some really good games and, and that's that's the Alex Grinch, Grinch effect. And I I think it's clear at this point, like Mike Leach, his teams might not necessarily be good at defense, but he has a knack for making the right defensive coordinator hire. And I, I just, maybe he's so good at that because he knows what type of defense is tough to go against as one of the best offensive coaches of all time. But I, I think it is interesting that Mike Leach is like kind of building this um, in addition to his offensive coaching tree. He's he keeps nailing DC hires.
1: Yeah. Yeah. he He's they've had some good defensive years for the most part. His teams are known for their offense, and there just hasn't been a, a ton of teams that he's had that have had top-of-the-line defenses. But if you get that, if you get that from him and you have those years where you're, you're you're having a defense that can shut down really good offenses, now you're starting to to really cook a little bit. And I feel like that's what he has a chance to build with Mississippi State. And the, the big thing is the players, and that's, that's the key thing. He's going to have – a a greater talent pool to pull from in the south for defensive players that he that I don't think he could get at Washington State and that I feel like that's the key he's going to be pulling kids from a, a state that's known for producing defensive talent and you're seeing that in the NFL he's going to be able to get that kind of talent he he didn't get a Chris Jones or Jeffrey Simmons or K.J. Wright or guys like that at Washington State. He just wasn't able to pull that kind of talent up there. He had recruiting classes that were ranked anywhere from the 50s to the 70s. And I feel like now – he's going to be able to recruit from 25 to 30. And that's a, that's a big difference for him. So I do feel like the talent pool is going to be able to increase, and I feel like it's going to show on the field defensively.
0: Last question for you. I know I'm keeping you a little bit longer than usual. So you mentioned when it's good, it's it's when the defense is good for Mike Lee, it shows their best teams. Eight starters back on defense. Really intriguing quarterback stuff here. Good offensive line. Looking at this schedule, Robbie, 4-7 and seven last season six and seven in 2019, eight and five in 2018. Can they eclipse eight wins? What's your best guess?
1: Yeah, you know, I've I've gone back and forth from anywhere from, you know, six to eight. And I think that's where, in, in Mississippi State's uh, solid years, that's kind of where they're living. I mean, this is a program that's produced, I think, two or three 10-win seasons all the time. I mean, it's just, you're not going to have a lot of double-digit win seasons at Mississippi State. And it's tough to do in this league, but... The key is always to win your non-conference games, and if you win your non-conference games, you try to take three or four SEC ball games, and uh, they have a chance with a schedule. North Carolina State and Memphis are two solid opponents. I think they're going to be able to take out La Tech and Tennessee State, obviously, and then you have you, you always have those swing games on your schedule, like Kentucky and Arkansas and Ole Miss, and, and maybe even Auburn. So a, a lot of the schedule is games that I think can go either way. You know, A and M is going to be a tough one in at, at College Station. Alabama's they haven't beaten Alabama in almost fifteen years, so that's almost always considered a loss. But you know, Auburn is is a game that you that you need to try to find a way to win. Also, Arkansas, Kentucky's going back and forth the last few years. I think the LSU game's really interesting this year at home. So, I've gone anywhere from six to eight wins. I think, you know, seven is probably a safe spot for Mississippi State, but I, I do think that they're going to have a better season this year than they did last year. Robbie Falk, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, man. Thanks.